What's a poppin', moviegoers? What's poppin'? It's me, Mike Jose Collins. Joining with me is Jake Schultz, and we're back with another episode of The Cinemates, back, back in our main studio. Back in the studio. Back in the regular room, talking uh, talking a little Wes Anderson today. Yay, my favorite. Yes, uh, nice hot day here in Toronto in the start of October. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, uh, but we're back in the studio, so things are going to be shaping up. Uh, Rather than sitting in a hot, uh, hot, sweaty room, yeah, uh, two feet away from each other. So this one's going to be great. Uh, we spent our weekend watching a couple movies. Uh, most notably, the thing that we're going to talk about a lot today: Wes Anderson released uh, three short Four. films, or three, well, three shorter films <laughs> and one sort of uh, full, full movie here. Um, yes, Wes Anderson and Netflix. These are brought to you by Netflix yep. and the man himself. Um, well, you want to go right into that today or? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the main point of conversation. All right. Uh, do you have a little descriptions of them or you want me to just recap them? I, okay. Before we get into this, I have a gripe with Netflix in general because we've talked about how Netflix hates marketing things. These were just randomly dropped like four in a row. You didn't even know this were coming out until I mentioned it to you. They could have built this up as an anthology, like four day event and they just put zero marketing into it at all and that is just ridiculous on netflix's half because regardless of what we think of this wes anderson is one of the most well-known directors out there for cinephiles yeah it really came out of nowhere that they just didn't say anything it's really weird you told me oh wes anderson's job i'm like why would he do that (laughs) um why not go with something like the criterion network because if netflix is going to treat them like this he clearly put a lot of care and thought into these four stories and transporting them why why Netflix? Because we yeah. know Netflix doesn't care. Interesting choice. Yeah. Um, so these are all Roald Dahl short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes Anderson's done a couple other Roald Dahl things. Fantastic Mixture Fox. Uh, was The House Roald Dahl? Uh, no. No? No. So this uh, is his first. This oh, is, that's his first. Is, so oh, okay. Fantastic Mr. Fox is the only one he's done. Oh. Uh, this is his continuation Isle of Dog seems a little Roald Dahl. Anyway. Um, I'll start with a wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Yeah, so these are basically the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, or the, what is it, wonderful story? I got a quick um, synopsis if you want me to read it. Yeah, I was just going to say it. So this is like the more longer one. This one's yeah. about 50 minutes, where the others are just a little under 20 minutes. So this is sort of like the big, big one. Got its debut um, at Venice. Yeah, so this one actually debuted at a film festival, so it did have sort of a theatrical release. Yeah, um, it got like a couple Yeah, things. like it, would this be considered an Oscars for a short movie? I think so. Okay. I don't see it why it It doesn't have to be. release beyond that? Okay. I, it got like a literally a one-week yeah. release, so... It meets the requirements, I believe. So, yeah, give us a synopsis here of Henry Sugar. Yeah, it's a rich man learns about a guru who can see all without using his eyes, and he sets out to master the skill in order to cheat at gambling. Yes. You go first. I want to hear your opinion on this, because you did not watch Asteroid City this year. No, I have not seen that So this is your first look at a new Wes Anderson this year. Um, So I didn't like it. I I did not like this, this sort of movie. Um, it's very, you know, I, I kind of enjoy Roald Dahl stuff. Like, I think he'd do it fantastically. The mm-hmm. first Willy Wonka, um, Gene Wilder really, like, just did a phenomenal performance in that movie. And you can, you can really get a lot of weird, it's essentially very weird stories, but yeah. not, but very basic. Like, there is, there aren't necessarily weird, but they're very basic things. Um, this felt like a lot of A-list actors just sort of doing a school play. Um, so it's very like it it 
it doesn't really hit you. It's very basic stories, but it starts with a narrator and then it goes to Henry Sugar, who then is reading a book with the narrator. And it's a lot. It's all narration. It's it's basically like you're watching someone read you a book. Yeah. Um, and then like sort of have different the the scenes, the pictures around you, which which can be kind of interesting. I don't think this one was the I think this was probably the worst one, mm-hmm. um, but I I think I gave this a little higher in my ratings than the other ones because there was a lot of effort and care put into this. Um, I really like that the Roald Dahl stuff sort of makes Wes Anderson show a little more emotion, which is what I think Wes Anderson sort of lacks in a lot of things. Like you you haven't really been getting the things that you got from Fantastic Mr. Fox where the emotion was on the emotion was so high like that was sort of the best part of the movie it was a very sad story it was a pretty emotional thing same with like life aquatic everything is sort of buried under the the actual way that people are speaking and and with this one you could sort of feel that but it it felt mainly from the script of the actual rolled doll thing so it sort of made him like step a little bit out of the things that i don't necessarily like about wes anderson where it's very basic the level of what they're saying is sort of dumb and and i get that you have to read under the lines of what wes anderson is trying to do but i think at this point in your career it's not that people aren't getting it it's that it doesn't work um but the, this thing it was fine. It, mm-hmm. it was pretty boring. I, I think a test that when you release a movie onto like sort of a subscription platform is, do you want to look at your phone? And I didn't necessarily want to look at my phone the entire time. Like I, I did watch the whole movie and I, I paid complete attention. I never really had a moment where I wanted to pick up my phone. So it did sort of have me, but I wasn't the least bit interested in it. Um, and I don't think that Benedict Cumberpatch and Ray Fiennes... Um, and and Ben Kingsley and and Dev Patel were necessarily good. I think they were just British and reading a book, which is sort of weird. Um, the story I didn't particularly like. Uh, I was I watched this with Maddie, and she liked the story. She thought it was a, a good ending and such. Um, but I I wasn't a big fan of the story. I just don't think that everything needs to be made into a movie. And this is one of those cases where it was just fine. Uh, but I, I, to be honest, I didn't like it like at all. Uh, I thought this was the weakest one, but I think it had the most care put into it. Yeah, I was bored out of my mind watching it, like ridiculously bored, and that has been a issue with me and Wes Anderson in the last couple of films is that I could not care less. However, this apparently is extremely um, faithful to the story, which is a good thing and a bad thing because I don't know. It is just normally Wes likes to just go out and do whatever Wes cares about. And I agree with you that I feel like he was a bit more limited, like more limited with these stories because he wanted to go and be very faithful. And it did read off like an audiobook. It felt like people just standing. Well, and it, it easily was, it was just people standing in front of the camera, staring straight at you and reading the the story out loud. I just didn't really care for the story too much, and it dragged, like dragged. Forty minutes too long, way too. Yeah, long for I think story. especially for this, like that, the forty minutes or whatever, however way long it long. was, was way too long for what they minutes. were trying to do. It felt like it was should have been the two stories as two separate things again, like how the other ones are sort of these twenty-minute vignettes where Henry Sugar reads about the 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 doctor writing about the the Swami or whatever. There was a chance to make Henry Sugar the main character throughout these four shorts, 
which I would have enjoyed more than Roald Dahl just popping in and out because no, I don't necessarily agree with that. I liked Ken, I liked Benedict Cumberbatch in this. I know you said you didn't really like him. I liked him a lot. I liked I him and Dev Patel. British. They would just it just eventually became noise to me because it was forty minutes straight of them yeah. speaking at a very fast, rapid pace. The narration was pretty bad. Yeah, and I think that to do this well, you need the whole thing is. And, and someone reading a book, so the narration has to be fantastic, where it felt it was so stale and dull. Um, so I don't really know how you like Benedict Cumberpatch in this, but also dislike the the narration. I don't know. It's weird. I think I just really like Benedict Cumberbatch, and he... He has a phenomenal voice for reading. Like, him, him in he's this He's a good fit with Wes Anderson. I just wish he had better material than this. I don't really know how he's a good fit, though, because this was boring. You just said it was boring. He fits the dry theme well. I, I don't have an issue with the acting. My issue is it's too long, and the story is interesting. There's just... When you were hearing the guru talk for, like, 15 minutes straight about his story, I'm just like, I don't care. And if they shortened everything, it could have been way more interesting, in my perspective. Yeah, I think they should have had two stories going into this thing. It, yeah, it just—it wasn't really there. They could for have me. split this up into two short films. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did—I didn't like this one at all. I gave it two and a half stars because I really like what they what they put into it. Like, yeah. I thought that the sets were really interesting and all the designs of it. But one thing about that is, like, when I'm watching a movie and someone has to someone says something and then it's just shown to you i think that stuff is so lazy yeah like people aren't stupid you can understand things but i, I think for what they're doing is like oh we'll show you what it is so you have to sort of buy into well, they the also fact. pick and choose what they show you because it is exactly. a lot of just words being thrown at you and 90 percent of the stuff isn't shown and then there's only yeah. a certain amount of things that are shown and we'll get into that more because that's a common theme throughout yeah. these entire you four have, shorts you have to really pick up what they're laying down for yeah. you uh, right away and it, it, it's interesting i kind of thought it was very michael bay-esque of Wes Anderson? <laughs> well, hear me out on this. It's like all visual. Like this is his visual magnum opus where he just doesn't care what he's not showing you. He's just going to show you everything. This is how everything is done, which is, felt very Michael Bay where it's just like all about the visuals, 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 visuals. So it's like, oh, enter that Michael Bay era, Wes Anderson. It was just boring. This is what Wes Anderson has been doing the last couple times. It's all substance and it's nothing. It's all on showing you on the surface level. It's not actually explored more, and he just is throwing stuff at you 24-7. That's all Asteroid City is, is he's just throwing things at you the entire time with dry dialogue. And I don't know. I just, I felt like I was going to, as your headset is literally breaking on the set right now. We're destroying this set. I just thought that Roald Dahl would have given him more of an avenue to go back to what he did best. But it just mm. didn't, I felt like, with this short. No, I kind of disagree. I don't know if it necessarily goes back to what he did best, but I think it it kind of... Well, his best film is a Roald Dahl adaptation. Fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it gave him the opportunity to sort of explore more into Roald Dahl, where I, where I think, like, when you read a Roald Dahl story, it's sort of everything is surface level two, and you have to read the emotions underneath, which mm. is why I think it, it really works well in something like Fantastic Mr. Fox, where this, it was like, I didn't really get that from any of the characters, so I wasn't necessarily like bought into the benedict cumberpatch and i do have a take though dev patel is like he's the hottest person in the world right now <laughs> he is so hot in this. he's pretty good he is a damn good looking person he is a oh good. my god we don't see him in enough stuff no he's fantastic i really um, like dev patel i didn't really care for him in this though i have to say he was pretty just uh, That's okay. okay i gave it two and a half yeah i gave this two and a half as it's well. just it was too long and drawn out for me to really care but i didn't i don't know i, I just was really it's just dry, man. 
Yeah, I, I'm shocked by the level of critical claim this is getting because people are saying this is up there as like as a return to form. I don't, I don't see it. I don't really understand. Yeah, this was a, it wasn't wasn't good. No, uh, and I I thought this was the weakest of them all. Yeah, I did too. You want to go on to the next one? Let's do it. The rat catcher. The rat catcher. In an English village, a reporter and a mechanic listen to a rat catcher explain his clever plan to outwit his prey. Um, I gave this one three stars right off the bat. I liked it more than the last one. I enjoyed the stop motion, the literal one scene, and I think that Wes Anderson does some very interesting visuals. There's some horrif- horrific elements in it, which I really dug. I found all of these are sort of horror stories. Yeah, that's that's the role doll in it. But yeah. th- this was more shown that there is more like a actual like horrific imagery that was shown with him. Yeah, and I really like that. I think that's interesting, and it kind of put a something in my mind. I was like, what would a Wes Anderson thriller slash horror film look like? I think it would look pretty cool. As for this film, it's fine. It's it is what it is. It's just about a man that like is acting like Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> Ray finds an SNL skit. Actually, a Wes Anderson horror film. Is it? Yeah, um, he felt like Peter Pettigrew the entire time. And then so what I thought was weird was that he showed some of the things and then didn't like the the tin can. And this felt like a this was literally a play, which was the whole point of it. And I get it; that's what Wes Anderson was going for. But I didn't like the non imagery, like showing the things and like, oh, he's holding nothing, but it's a it's the poison. And then oh, look at the I, it was just really weird to me and just kind of threw me off a little bit. But I I get it; that's what they were going for. But I just, I don't know. It, it was fine. I didn't hate watching it. I think it was okay. I think um, this was my least favorite, I think, when I first watched them. Uh, and I was talking to my sister last night about movies. And it's something that one of my biggest critiques about a movie is when you watch a movie, you should be able to understand the movie. Like, I don't want homework. Like, um, and if it tried to explore more than it should, then it's like, okay, if, go read a book then. Like, if you're trying, if that's your biggest takeaway from a movie, oh, you didn't get it. Like, go read a book. And then my sister was saying, no, I love homework and, and yada, yada. <laughs> nerd um, no no but like <laughs> she's just into movies in a very different yeah. way than i am yeah sure uh, but it kind of got me thinking about these because i had that conversation after i watched it so I, d- I sort of like did a retrospective think about all of these movies and Ratcatcher actually kind of stood out to me as pretty good i gave mm. this one two stars when i first watched it but i think i'm moving up to three yeah this had the weakest narration of all of them oh, richard sure. aota um wasn't great in this it no. was actually pretty bad uh it was sort of boring a lot of the plot but this felt like the most rolled dolly one yeah. Um, and the stop motion was great. It, it's used in one scene, but it was pretty fantastic. Oh, I wanted so much more uh, of it, man. It was like a tease. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, yes, yes, yeah, because I've been pre- – like, I want that style. Mm-hmm. I like how they use it, and I like how they go between, like, the rats doing the rat catcher voice and then that goes into Rupert Friend is the rat catcher. But I, I, I loved watching this one with Poison, and it's sort of these stories about pride and, like, it's these two guys, and they're like – sort of challenging each other without saying it and I, and I'd like the ending of this one where it was like the mechanic was equally as bad as the rat catcher he just didn't really pull the trigger on the rat but he mm. was like edging him on and they were both starting edging there's a fantastic line it's the one where um what I wrote I wrote it down here um I began to feel bad for the rat and it was like not because the rat was about to die but because it was going to die and like uh a horror such a crazy way and with a lot of like whatever happiness involved or something weird like that mm. and it was just like oh yeah like that's a really good scene it's a good point like you know I, I really like the story of the pride in this um but uh, after a first watch it was really kind of boring and i thought ray finds 
the costume that he was in was fantastic. He really looked like a gross rat. <laughs> it was really cool. Mm. Uh, um, but yeah, it was just kind of kind of okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was it was the most play like to me. It felt yes, very play. A lot of the props and in things they used, even the way they were moving across, and it was one set. It, well, yeah. there's two. There was the one with just the hay, but they were going back, back and forth, forth which yeah. I I didn't mind because no. it felt more restrained. I just didn't get too too much from the story, which is fine. It's a short film. I'm not supposed to be leaving out of the banking. No, but I think the the point of all of these is at the end you think about like what it is, and I think that one was again another story about pride and uh, sort of like two people who are equally to play a part in this like grand grotesque death of this character. I thought when he spits out the blood, by the way, at the end was like fantastic. I I really enjoyed that. So at first watch, I did not like this. Rethinking about it, I think I liked it a little more, but I thought it was just fine. I wonder what this would have looked like more in stop motion. If the whole film was stop motion, I think that would have really stuck with me a lot more. Isle of Dogs, like... Mm, I disagree, because I thought a huge part of this one was the costume of the rat catcher. Mm. And I think the fact that then they have Rupert Friend, like, be the rat was a really interesting sort of component to he's equally as gross. It is one of the ones that I think that if you watch it multiple times, I think you'd respect it a bit more because on first viewing you kind of if you take it at surface value you're kind of just like what was the point of that but it is one that you have to sit with a lot more and i think that it it is one of the ones that i liked better and i think like i would want to go back and rewatch it just see what changes because it is short and it it does throw a lot at you in 17 minutes and it's not really just like you were saying it's not just this basic whatever story with the way that they switching it up with the way that someone's playing a rat the other way, the way that they're not showing everything. It's weird. It's a strange film. It's probably the weirdest one that he has out of the, the four. Um, but I don't know. I liked it. I give it three stars too. So we're like on the same wavelength yeah. of I'm glad you did that retrospective. Two stars is I think that that's too low <laughs> for that one. No, if someone gave that two stars, I wouldn't deny them. I think just mm. I had to think about it a little more and, you know, okay. I, I think I just liked what I got out of it a little better. Fair enough. Do you want to go to the next one? Let's do it. The Swan. Two yes. large, ignorant bullies ruthlessly pursue a small, brilliant boy. We say that the other ones were like a play. This one was like a very weird mix of play and theatrical, and it really felt to me the most like an old school Wes Anderson film. And the story as well, I really, really liked. I think it's a really good story. And I think it's my favorite one. I I didn't I loved watching Rupert Friend walk around and explain the story and the way that they played with the kid and the adult and the train tracks. Just a lot of it felt very tense the entire time for a story that like did not start like you didn't really know where it was going to go and then it kept going, kept going, kept going. And I really was like put me in a trance almost listening to everything. It was the the strongest narration by far out of the four. Yeah. And I loved the train sequence the train sequence looked really cool i like the way that they shot that and so minimalistic but it also had a very rich impact on me and then it kept going kept going you finally realize what more this is understanding it's the darkest roald dahl story that he's he did out of the four but i really enjoyed it i think it's my favorite one of the three this is like the best wes anderson i've seen in like four years yeah when i when i was talking about um henry sugar and how the narration was bad this is exactly how they should have done it yeah. this this truly is um, I, I don't know, Rupert Friend. This was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, this is probably one of the f- best things I've seen this whole year. The, the, the 17-minute show. Really? No, this was truly, like, amazing. It's the way that they let Rupert Friend do every single voice and all of the sounds. Yeah. And it, it's truly, like, eerie when he does, like, 
the there's like a, a weapon at the end of this thing that he, he does the noise for and it's like it's like a one man fantastic show. It, it's truly like a one man show of this guy just doing everything and and what they choose to show i think was really deliberate in this too like it was well they never show the two bullies they don't yes and the when he gets like in hit in the face or whatever and he just draws the red line on it. i thought that was fantastic mm-hmm. um and the ending to this thing is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like this, it truly had the most like wow. That like it just punches you in the gut it's with bleak. this like bleak ending, um, and it's fantastic. And it, I really love how it's how Rupert Friend was able to tell this story of something that happened to him as an adult processing things through the ver- way he saw it as a child. Mm-hmm. But it's all these adult things around him, and now he's processing them as an adult yeah and it, it really like had this like lasting impact on me it was like wow that was like a truly great story and there's the scene where he puts on the swan wings and it, it's just a great imagery of everything they chose to show in that one i, I thought this one was truly fantastic it's like, by far the most impactful out of the four i was i was actually like blown away by this thing and and it really sucked that i watched this one after henry sugar and was like oh my god like it, it was hard to buy back in but I think this one has the best replay value, and like yeah. I would recommend this one out of all of them. Yeah, I would too. I but would too. I think this is like legitimately probably one of the best Wes Anderson things I've seen since Fantastic. Well, Mr. I Fox. watched Henry Sugar last night on the Monday at the time of recording this, and then I could not watch any more of them after that because I was just so drained. And then this was the first one I watched this morning, and I was like, "Oh, okay. I really like. Yeah, you, you nailed it on the head. I think it's his maturest thing that he's done in a long time for sure, and." The way that, yeah, they pursue, personify dissecting everything as an adult and reliving your childhood like life, it's very not Wes Anderson. Like It's very strange that he was able to do something that bleak. I disagree, because you have Moonrise Kingdom, and you have sort of kids exploring this world. I haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom oh. in like seven years, so I don't really remember much. I did like that film a lot, though. I don't know. It's weird. I, 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 don't, just, I don't necessarily think that's out of the Wes Anderson. Like I think he's able to do that. I just thought this was more of a return to that than sure. these sort of zany, right. weird things that they're trying to do where it seems more like, how can I get this A-list actor to do something odd, which is what I got from Henry Sugar. It's the most refined Wes Anderson. But he's very you pulled know, back. I don't necessarily even think that this was because of Wes Anderson. I thought this was really a great Roald Dahl story. Yes. It does. And I think Rupert Friend carried the whole thing. Okay. I think I'm having a difficulty trying to like describe what I feel about this one. I think that... That is good. That is a good way of saying it because this doesn't feel Wes Anderson. Like, I don't feel that the boring A-list celebrity in a room just trying to do, like, the best performance. I I liked the fact that I didn't necessarily know who Rupert Friend was either, and he brought this, like, tremendous performance to me. Yes. Um, And I I sort of think I understand what you're trying to say where it's, like, less Wes Anderson-y, but I think it's more Wes Anderson where with a less, less, uh, like, his foot isn't really on the gas it's for not Wes in your Anderson. Face. It's not it's very, in your face. It's this perfect like um, mesh of yeah. the Roald doll, the actor, and the Wes Anderson, where really like everything sort of hits home for you. And this one, I thought, also had like the best written story. So the script, because the script is just narration, that mm-hmm. it it really had the best the best hit for me out of all of these. Yeah, it's one of his most known ones for a reason. Because, it, yeah, I just really like this one. I'm really str- I'm struggling today to talk about <laughs> Wes Anderson. I don't know. I think I've been really burned on him, 
And that was a thing that I felt this entire time because it felt like a chore to even just like turn them on. And I wish I watched this one first because I feel like I yeah. would have given the other ones more of a fresher. Yeah, because I, I think that one really bought that one really bought me back into trying to get through Poison and, and yeah. the Ratcatcher. I'm uh, so burnt out on him, man. I don't. <sighs> yeah, but you say that, but I actually like as much as I didn't necessarily like all of these. I really love this one. Like I, yeah. I actually think I love this one. Like as as a piece of short movie. Like I thought the time of that one was perfect too. Um, but I didn't have necessarily a difficult time buying back in or, or going to the next one. And like, I never picked up my phone for any of these. Um, yeah, I, I can't say <laughs> the same, but the, I found the issue was like, I'd watch it and then just scream like, why? Oh my God. Like, why are you doing this? Just shut up. Like go to the next thing. Like I was verbally like uh, yelling at the TV, just like, come on, like on delay. Could you imagine doing that for 90 minutes with asteroid city? what i felt i like i don't think i've felt more broken than watching <laughs> asteroid city and i still gave it three okay. stars because of how technically brilliant that film is but he's one of my favorite directors he was one of my favorite directors and i just have not felt anything in his films and i as much as i like this film and i agree like it's his best one i gave it three and a half as well i just i'm not i'm not digging it i'm not digging wes anderson i don't know if i've grown with like my cinematic decisions or whatever it's just it's so hard for me to sit down there like all three of these other films outside of henry sugar the swan Ratcatcher, and poison i have it a row in my rankings of like nine eight and seven because i just don't feel that much different about most of them i will sit here and say the swan is the best and i really enjoyed it but at the same time like it's so hard for me to pick out of a bunch of these four films like they'll just mesh together after a while because regardless of what he did with making this one feel more distinctly restrained, I still felt just burnt, burnt out on it. And maybe I just need to take a break from Wes Anderson. Maybe I just need to stop <laughs> watching his stuff because I still haven't seen two other films. I haven't seen Life Aquatic or the Darji Limited. Is that what it's called? I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's a weird feeling that I felt watching these films. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I should have saved this, that. This one I felt the most um, like different than the others that you, this is probably the only one I'll ever go back and rewatch because I did really like that. I gave it four stars and leaning to four and a half because like the, it's really this Rupert Friend performance is like phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. I truly, really, and I really wanted more from him in um, Ratcatcher after, but oh well. If I, I thought this th one was fantastic. If there's one to get nominated for short film, it's this one. No, it's going to be Henry Sugar. I know it is and because we're in the harsh minority of that. Yeah. It's got like a 4.0 average on Letterboxd. People love that thing, man. And the last one, Poison. Yes, there's one more. There's four of them. When a poisonous snake slithers onto an Englishman's stomach in India, his associate and doctor race to save him. And it's fine. It's kind of cool. Wes Anderson has like a shaky cam in there at one point. Never seen him do that. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's fine. It's Benedict Cumberbatch freaking on a coach going, there's a snake on me. And then Dev Patel's going, no, no. You have no snake, and then I don't know. It's these pouring <laughs> stuff yeah. on him. I, I, I don't care, man. I don't think they should have gone back and forth with the narration between the the narrator and then narrator of this one. Dev Patel is just sort of fine. Like the narration in this one is probably the second weakest. It's not very good. Um, but it was just kind of a bummer because you have Dev Patel, who's like this phenomenal actor. You have Benedict Cumberbatch, Ben Kingsley in this thing, and it's it, you really aren't getting a lot. 
out of what this is. I I did really like the story of this one. And again, it's sort of the story of pride where this guy thinks he has like a snake on his chest. And then the snake, they take the covers off, they do all this preparation, and there's no snake there. And then he like freaks out and he's mad because he's like, no, I, I swear there was a snake there. And he's sort of being challenged on the fact that it's almost like you're challenging his sanity, but it's really his pride in the end of this thing. So I thought it was a pretty interesting story. Mm. Yeah. Um, but this was probably the worst one, I thought, other than Henry Sugar. Yeah. Out of the like short the short movie ones. I think I have this one ranked last as well. Because it's just, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's perfectly watchable. I just, I don't care. What do you think about the racism? It's there. I don't think it was explored very well. No, no, not really. You you learn like five minutes in that the guy's a dickhead, anyways. So yeah, you start rooting for the pe- snake. People don't like it because of the the racist line in this one, but I thought it was deliberately put there and like for a reason of this guy's being challenged on his pride and he's willing to like destroy everybody around him by the end of this thing because mm-hmm. like like be a terrible person because he's being challenged on the fact that no, I swear there was a snake there. So I, I thought it was a deliberate choice and I thought it worked well actually for this. I I did enjoy the ending to this one and uh, on my first watch I did not. But uh, I actually did uh, find the end of this one quite interesting. Um, and I think that's something that, like, the Roald Dahl, um, like, what do they call it? The the estate, uh, they they change a lot of the endings and a lot of the, the stuff like that from what he originally wrote, which is fine because, you know, some of it's not, doesn't really age well. But the fact that they kept that in, I think, was really nice. Not nice, but like an interesting <laughs> choice of using that. <laughs> Racism sort of, is nice, <laughs> but like of using it as a yeah. sort of a tool to develop that character. So I, I did find more interest in this story than maybe like Ratcatcher, where I but I enjoyed Ratcatcher a little more. Yeah, where Poison, I just it was kind of like okay, it was there on delay. Yeah, yeah, I honestly have no thoughts on Poison. Yeah, I've got nothing. The acting's fine. It was all fine. Again, it's it's Wes Anderson. Everything I said for the last <laughs> short film, I echo here. Same sentiment. I just don't care, man. It's yeah. I don't feel more of a chore than watching Wes Anderson right now, and it makes me depressed, like genuinely upset, mm-hmm. because these are four things that I should have been excited for. Roald Dahl is my favorite adaptation of a Wes Anderson film. I should have been so excited, and the second I watched Henry Sugar, I was just taken back to every single thought that I had with Asteroid City and how that this... He's just turned into pretension personified. And I will say that this is better. I don't think these are as pretentious as those two films, as The French Dispatch or Asteroid City. I just think I'm over Wes Anderson, and I think I'm going to have to not watch him for a little bit in order to see if he will earn my my trust back, because I don't think these these have changed Mm. much of my opinions on him. I think this was actually a pretty good step in the right direction for what I wanted to see. It sort of gave him an opportunity to explore something different, and I think he actually did jump on that opportunity. I just don't think I was necessarily interested in it. I also think it was good for Netflix to do something like this because... Yeah, then why not market it? Exactly. (laughs) Why not market it? But I, I like that Netflix did it because, I mean, where do you really see short movies like this? Like, I want to. I want to be able to go on Netflix and watch like a short film like that. I liked watching a seventeen-minute movie and being like, "Oh, what did I get from that? What was it trying to explore? The themes in that?" Rather than having to, it, it, some movies feel like I'm reading an essay almost. Where like I want to be able to get that, not like a hit of dopamine when you're watching TikTok, but I want to be able to explore something like what The Swan does in seventeen minutes. And I think Netflix is a really good 
like place to go do that. There's just no short films that you can really go see a lot of places. So I think it's a step in the right direction for Wes Anderson and for Netflix. So on when I rethink about them, um, you know, I, I'm okay with it. I thought The Swan was truly fantastic. So the fact that we got that out of all of these was good. Mm-hmm. But um, really don't understand the hype, and I really did not like Henry Sugar. Yeah, I just. I'm I'm probably like there's gonna be so many people out there that like all of these shorts and they all have good reviews. Everyone's really liking them, and so don't take my word for 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 granted. Don't take it as like face value. Like oh yeah, they're definitely not great because I gave this one I won three stars as well. I think it's ultimately worse when I end up watching a film and give it three stars and don't really take much away from it than a film being like a two star film and me like visibly not liking it because I think. Yeah, I don't the really understand your rating system if you even three stars, but you didn't enjoy them. To me, three star films that give me nothing is way worse than me sitting through. But if a film gives you nothing, why do you give it three stars? Because I'm able to take other av- avenues of the film as well. Like I-, I take everything into account when I rank films. It's not just what I'm being given. It's the script. It's the actors. It's the direction. And I don't think Wes Anderson like the way that these films look and the way that the care and effort and put into it, it's obviously never going to be like that bad. And it's just me. It's just my you, you personal. You can tell this was like something that he really enjoyed doing. And yeah, he which really, is cool. He really wanted to like make it so the, like the, it was true to what Roald Dahl wanted. Like you have these little notes or of the reasons why like Roald Dahl wrote the story or something interesting about the story, which I found pr- pretty fascinating. Yeah. I'm glad you like that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm done. I think I'm over Wes Anderson. So don't kill me, cinephile fans. I just don't care anymore. Cool. And you can tell with me talking about these that I just really am not. I have nothing. And that's weird because normally I have something coming out of films. Normally I have it like something to talk about when I'm left with three out of the four of them. Yeah, I'm surprised going, because I, as much as I didn't like these, I still thought that they told a story that I was able to take something from. Yeah. I've never felt more chored than Wes Anderson this year. Nothing has ever made me feel 2020 COVID feeling watching films than these. And that is way worse than saying watching Little Italy for 110 minutes. It's a good movie. All right. So why don't we talk about a couple uh, other movies that we watched over this weekend? Uh, Do you want to start or do you want me to go through what I did here? You go first. Okay. Um so, in anticipation for our next Oscars episode... Oh, God, um, I haven't even started that yet. No. Uh, well, did you start the last one? <laughs> hey, I got the King's speech down, okay? Okay. Um, so, I watched uh, a Woody Allen movie. Painful <laughs> that I had to do this. I'm sorry. Uh, Midnight in Paris, which is... Oh, people uh, like that movie, don't they? I liked that movie when I first saw it. I okay. rewatched this movie. It is so hard to separate the art from the artist when the art is just the artist um my god this thing is terrible this movie is god awful go like google the cast of this thing oh no i know what the cast yeah, is it, it, brutal just just read it out though like the fact that people were still doing movies with this guy by the way at this point wait uh, you say the cast is brutal all the people in this movie did a woody allen movie that's not i'm saying like everybody you are like oh i like that person but they're all doing this woody allen movie <laughs> Listen, Woody Allen is a terrible person. Yes, we all know and this. And it comes across in this movie, and mostly all of his movies, uh, pretty damn well. Listen, it's about a guy who goes to Paris with his wife, and he really likes Paris, and he really likes the, the old writers of the 20s, and he's like, wow, like 
I'm really getting inspired to write a novel, but I, I can't. I can't. I, I want to live in Paris. And his wife is like, no, I don't live in Paris. Like, we don't have to do that. Now, why don't you want to come hang out with my friends? You know, they're they're kind of jerks, whatever. Mm. So he goes, he finds that when he's walking by himself midnight in Paris, um, this car drives and he gets in the car and he's like going to a party. And then he gets transported back in time to the 20s where he meets all of these authors. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, and it's literally not good if you like any of those authors and you're like, ooh, maybe this is a love letter to all of those. It's not. If you've ever read a book, you'd hate this thing. It is genuinely atrocious. The whole thing is he goes back in time and falls in love with the girl because his wife is kind of mean to him sometimes. And he's like, what? I'm, I am I was like watching like, oh, it's a journey of self-discovery back. In, no, he just wants to have sex with a girl who's not kind of mean to him. <laughs> Oh, that's it. Okay, uh, and then he the script is j- awful. The script of this thing is terrible. The acting sucks. One best screenplay. It one best screenplay, which is genuinely atrocious. That the fact, like, oh my god, it's so frustrating how stupid and disgusting this guy, this dude, like. Listen, I watched another movie that I'm going to talk about after this. This is like the definition of women are just props in my life of like, oh, yeah, girls are, just, you know, they're just things for me to like learn from. They're, they're little stories I can have about myself. Women aren't actual human beings. Um, and then he meets a young girl in Paris uh, so who's like, a oh, she's a Parisian. But she's young, you know, she's like freshly out of teenagehood. Uh, he goes oh, back no. in time with the girl <laughs> that he loves again, and the girl, then they go back in time to uh, another time, and then she's like, no, I want to stay here, and he's like, what? You can't stay here. Is that your own Wilson voice? Yeah, and then he <laughs> goes back, and he's like, oh, you're mean to me, wife, and you're cheating on me, and she's like, okay, yeah, and you're like, what? That that came out of nowhere. What are you That's talking so about? Stupid. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm just going to live in Paris, and then he gets together with the little girl at the end of the movie, which obviously is going to happen. In a Woody Allen movie, uh, this was genuinely <laughs> so trash. Christ, I can't believe that this was made in 2010. Like, how do you not as how do you not acting in the movie aren't like, oh wow, this is just you know a guy jerking himself off. That's the whole freaking movie. It's genuinely disgusting. Uh, one of the worst things I watched this weekend. Sure. Uh, then I watched the movie of your recommendation, Sanctuary. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, wait, no, hold on. Not just my recommendation. I recommended this to you in June when yeah, we yeah. started this podcast. Um, this movie wasn't good. Um, no. Too good. It wasn't good. Why was it good? <laughs> Bunch of horny couples. Hell yeah. Two. One horny couple. Yeah, one horny couple. And With two couple. tremendous performances. Uh, yeah, the performances in this thing were good. It's just... You cannot sit here and tell me that Margaret Qualley's performance was just good. Well... It's great. No, it was just good because the no. script isn't good and the plot of the movie isn't good. The whole beginning of the movie was stupid and just dumb, and then the middle of the movie just loses everybody. There's no way anybody watched that movie and was still into it by the second half of that movie. The tonal shifts but are great. I like the tonal shifts, but the middle of the movie is boring. And then the end was good. I I liked the end. Uh, but the end had to hook you back in because the middle of this movie sucked. Uh, genuinely the plot of this thing is terrible the script is so bad man you're like scripts and you like this movie you don't like films that are like chest match 
It's not a cat and mouse game. It was just boring. No, that's not true. Listen, it could have been a cat and mouse game, and I liked the little reveals. It just took 30 minutes to get to the first one, and then 30 minutes to get to the second one. Like, like have those little things happen. It felt sci-fi at the beginning, where I was like, oh, I wonder what this sort of, like, labor is. That's interesting. Very cool. And then it was just, oh, okay. Not really interesting. Um, I, I, I didn't like this thing. It was way too sexual for some random reason. It didn't add anything to the story. Yeah, it's a fun anything. psychosexual relationship between the two of them. It's great. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It was really boring. Ah, it's pretty bad. bad. Script sucked. Um, it's a really bad take. It looked good. Looks yeah, but great. tell me the why it was good. The great. The editing's coming. Tell great. me why it's good. Well, I, okay, man, I saw this last year. I don't remember everything, but it's. I enjoyed the twists and turns. I love the cat and most chess style I didn't think there was really a cat and mouse thing well, I thought they could have really explored that and they didn't okay they just shut it down because of the script it was the script that just kept like leaking like nonsense and then you're right like these two actors seem like they could be really good but they're just held back by the whole script of this thing like it's, it's genuinely atrocious and it was painful to watch. It was these two people who really wanted to do something. Like It felt like they had no opportunity to, to improvise any of their characters or explore anything that they were doing. Mm, I disagree. Yeah, but why? Tell me. I told you. I don't remember everything about this film. I saw this at TIFF last year. I didn't even see it this year. I saw this last year. I saw it before everyone else, brother. I, if I remember correctly, it, it was a perfect mesh of a film that was elevated by the technical achievements around it because it was a great looking film. It looked good. The editing was great. The direction was really good. And the performances were great. I love yeah. Margaret Qualley. Margaret Qualley needs to be in literally everything yeah, she because was, she she's was like a stand phenomenal. I just re- I want to see her in something good. Christopher Ab- oh my god. He was he, he was good too. I don't know. It, the, the, the performances just weren't like I love the relationship between the two of them. I really I enjoyed didn't. I it. I thought that was really boring. Okay. Fair enough. To each their own. But you told me off air that you you saw you could see the people really liking this and why they like yeah, it. Yeah, I understand, but I'm asking you. Um, I the, just the, told you the why. script was just it was just really bad. Okay, I hated the script of that. Anyway, then I watched a movie I liked a little better, Iron Man Two. <laughs> that is the worst sentence. <laughs> what did you give Sanctuary? Uh, I give Sanctuary two stars and Midnight in Paris one and a half. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Sanctuary at two stars. Man, this was literally my underrated gem that I tried to give you to start the podcast. Underrated yeah, gem. Uh, then I watched Iron Man 2. Uh, okay, wait. God. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. How did you go from those two films to Iron Man 2 and why you sit here and crap on comic book movies all the time? Iron Man 2 was on cable. So that was a reason why to watch it? Yeah, it was just on TV. Why not? Okay. Um, sure. Iron Man 2 sucks. <laughs> Welcome to the real God, world. Everyone um, hates Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 was brutal. I liked this movie when it came out. My God, this wasn't so sexist, bro. What the hell is with old comic book movies and just being like, oh, women are also just my props that I use to oh, explore my character. Like, shut the hell up, bro. It's so gross. How the hell did, like, oh, my God. How how are people not feminists and you watch <laughs> any type of art made? made? <laughs> Like, come on. Yeah. This shit, this, this stuff is just disgusting. I don't man. remember much aside from Scarlett Johansson being just her entire character is Bro, look how it's, sexy it's I am. it's the way he, like, treats Gwyneth Paltrow, and you're like, oh, that's cool, because he's like, uh uh-huh. yeah, I don't really care about you, but I love you, but I don't really care, but I love you. Like, shut the hell up, he's bro. He's a billionaire playboy. Have, like, any, like, self-respect. Like, whoever, like, is John Favreau, did he direct this one? Yeah. Did he write this one? 
Screw you, John Favreau. I know you were on Friends. Oh, so don't maybe hate on John listen, Favreau. Listen, listen. I know that he made Chef. Great movie. But screw you. I get that you were on Friends and you had one little arc with like, oh, a super sexist show where women only care about men, yada, yada, whatever. Screw you. But the fact that you based this whole character on Joey, the fact that Iron Man is just Joey from Friends, grow up, John Favreau. Grow up. That that might be the worst comparison I've ever Bro, heard. Bro, think <laughs> about it, dude. The whole interesting thing about Robert Downey Jr. in 2008 was like, uh, in Iron Man was like, oh, he's he's a playboy sex machine. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. That's all I can. That's the coolest thing you can be is a sex guy. Like, shut the hell up, dude. Oh my god, it's just disgusting. Sam Rockwell's fantastic in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Was Mickey Rourke the bad guy? Yeah. Awful. Horrible. Awful. He's one of the worst. Gee, I couldn't even tell that was. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. He's got a parrot about, though. The parrot thing was funny. <laughs> uh, Sam Rockwell is great, man. They Even to, in this, he was given like 110%. There's been so many rumors of him coming back into the MCU, and he needs to come back. His character yeah. He was uh, sick. What's his name? Armor or something like that? Hammer. Hammer. That's it, yeah. He was awesome. I, he was my favorite part of that film. The film's just very boring, too. It's just not a fun film, and Rhodey and Iron Man, it's just, eh, yeah. it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It yeah. uh, no, I, I thought that was terrible. Uh, yeah, fair two, enough. Two and a half, though, because, you know, I, I do like a little bit of like ping pong. And Sam Rockwell was fine, but it's just disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, bro. can you make that noise again? Is that the Iron just Man? Just disgusting, bro. Is that your noises? Yes. Anyway, it's just a dumb movie. Um, and yeah, and then I watched all the Wes Andersons. Oh, uh, TV shows. Always watching American Dad. Always watching uh, uh, the reality stuff that's coming out. Uh, I watched uh, American Horror Story episode one. Did I talk about that last time? <laughs> no. Emma, oh, Emma Roberts and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> are acting together in this thing and if you like emma roberts you're an emma roberts fan then you're like oh she's a bad actress and that's something that you know and it's fun because she sucks yada yada (laughs) when you put kim kardashian who is just genuinely a horrible actress with someone who's bad at acting it's it's either gonna it's either gonna be very funny like oh this is great they're just so stupid yeah 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 it's like watching like a Trisha Paytas thing or something where it's like dumb, but also you you get it, you know, you buy into it. Where this is like, what the hell? What the hell are am I watching? It's so bad. Um, I heard she's. I heard Kim Kardashian's perfectly like fine is what I've heard from reviews. D- yeah, no, 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 she's just not a good actress. Oh yeah, I'm sure if she had like a role like Nicki Minaj in that Cameron Diaz movie, she'd be fine as the assistant. But the fact that she has to act with Emma Roberts, mm. it just brings everything down to this really twisted level of what the hell are we doing here? Hey, but it's Spooky Month now. It's Spooky Month, so I'm gonna get back into it. Um, we gotta, episode we gotta two came out on Sunday. I gotta for... watch that. Yeah, we'll watch a couple horror movies. Uh, There's a lot coming up. Well, we gotta get the. Uh, uh, Jeez, we have so many people who need to be on the show that we uh, who probably have a lot of things to talk about, especially in spooky season. We we'll probably get a couple of people. If you're one of those people, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh my god, it was uh, it was very goofy. Okay. Um, and then I watched Love Is Blind, but I tried to watch Love Is Blind, the new Netflix or the new season of the Netflix show. Right, because you told me you didn't watch it. Uh, yeah. Well, I watched the first season and then just was like, it, it felt too 90 day fiance where you're like, this is just like watching people just be bad people. And mm. it's really tough. Um, it's just like, oh, this guy's gaslighting this girl. It's just sad to watch these couples and then know that they all end up together sometimes. And you're like, wow, that is a disgusting relationship. Um, but who am I to judge? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so I tried to watch this without watching it to be like, love it's blindy. So Maddie would watch it, and I would just listen and then try to guess what these people look like before they get revealed, and then I would watch the reveal. 
you can basically tell what someone looks like from their voice. That's a fun way to watch it. I'm pretty, like, I was pretty on the nose with, like, what everyone was going to look like. You're, like, a little off, but you can get the person's general vibe and, yeah. like, who's necessarily going to be attractive. And it's basically about how, like, people carry themselves and how their voice sounds. Like, some people have sexy voices, but they're kind of annoying. And you can kind of tell that a lot of that comes from, like, maybe the insecurities of how they look. So it was a very interesting way to watch a TV show. What the hell is this podcast? <laughs> Hey man, I was talking about what I watched on TV. Oh, yeah, it's just, so that was kind of interesting, and uh, yeah, sounds was, like a fun drinking game. How guessing who's behind, and then if you get it right or not, you take a shot or something like that. It sounds fun. Yeah, but it's like two shots. <laughs> you just watch the whole season. You go all the way. It's a whole. You love yeah, is but blind. the reveal is only after like two episodes. Yeah, I haven't watched Love Is Blind. I don't know. But then, never mind. Then how dare I say something like that? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's some vitriol behind that voice. Uh, yeah, I could tell what you look like from that, from what you just said. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's basically all I watched this week. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a weird mix of everything. I also had some weird stuff that I watched, but I'm going to start with stuff that I liked first because, as you can tell. So I think our camera's dead, so. Is it? Mm, okay. Bye-bye, camera. No more TikToks I'll, for I'll you. Give it one more shot. No more TikToks for you. Um. As for shows that I watched, because I did watch one show, which I forgot to mention last last week. That was just a complete oversight on me by not mentioning just the biggest show that came out last week. Gen V, the spinoff of The Boys, started. And I did not have too much expectation of this show going in because, look, it's a superhero show that's literally making fun of superheroes genre and then making a spinoff when there's a corporation that is like literally just trying to monopolize everything superhero and then they making a spinoff is pretty on the nose. And I didn't really have much of an expectation with the trailer. I thought it looked like a basic just high school drama film where, oh, look at the jocks or the bad guys and this, that. And I was pleasantly surprised because they take that route within the first 20 minutes and they set the expectation and the tone of here's the bad guys, here's the good guys. And they completely flip it on its head like that. And it is so cleverly done that every character is actually insanely likable. And I watched the first three episodes because that's what they put out. And I really liked it. And it's a fun story. It's not your basic high school film. It is about a mystery revolving around what happens in the underground of the school. The school is owned by Vought, which is the big baddies. And there's also some in, there's some underground scheming and corporations happening. And it's so much fun. I love every single character in this show. A lot of people that are relatively unknown. Lizzie Broadway, Jazz Sinclair, Patrick Schwarzenegger. You know that last name. That is Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Yeah. You don't know Patrick Schwarzenegger? No, he's great in this. Dated Miley Cyrus. He was in that movie with Bella Thorne. No, never knew that he was an actor. He's great. I love the relationship between all these characters, and I love the mystery. I think it's a lot of fun, and it is a clever way to do a spinoff on the boys because it's not the same thing. It's a completely different perspective on it, and it still ties into the show very well because this feels like the boys 3.5, but its own thing as well. If you didn't even have the boys' name attached to it, it could easily stand on its own head, which is the sign of a good stand standalone show now it's just three episodes right okay it could get worse i don't think it will but it set up a very intriguing season and i've uh bought in i really liked it and i'm pleasantly surprised by it i don't like the boys yeah that's fine i watched every single episode and i'm at i'm at the point where it's just too gross 
It's not funny, and it's just literally made for dudes. It's so dude. I feel like I'm watching a Dane Cook special with how dumb it is at this point. Honestly, it's you should really frustrating. You should watch. You should watch this. I think this is okay, more up here. I'll, I'll give it a shot because I, it just like I'm so over the boy. It's just gross now. It, it feels like like what we were talking about last time on Sex Education. It's like watching Big Mouth at this point. Like it's just so over the top and dumb at this point. I don't. There's no you, interest. You're, you're in not. It. You're not going to get that from this. It, okay. it does feel I'll different. There is one scene where it's very boys like with the over sexualization, but other than that, it doesn't feel like the boys. It okay, feels like its good. own thing that's standing on its own head. And I, I just, I want to see how it goes. And for me, like, trust me, I had no expectations for this show. And I'm coming out here thinking that this season could be better than the last season of The Boys. That's how intrigued I am from what they've set up okay. in the first three episodes. Listen, I'm going to watch The Boys because I, I did do work on that show, and I'd like to see that work. Um, I'm not going to say what I did because I'm trashing The Boys and don't want to get fired from that job. But, um, yeah, so I, I will end up watching The Boys just for the couple things that I've already seen or I've worked on. But... I really hate it, so I'll give this a shot. You should. You should absolutely watch it. It flew by. Me and my dad watched all three episodes. We were just going to watch one, and we're like, oh, okay, let's keep going. Okay, oh, let's go again. Like, it's it's really fun. I had a great job. Okay. Honestly, they could have dropped the whole thing. I think this uh, is a very bingeable season, and I'm excited to uh, continue okay. watching it from week to week. I'll give it a shot. So I'll keep that on the radar as well. And then I watched two movies outside of all of the different Wes Anderson things. I completely forgot that I watched this one. No One Will Save You. This is a Hulu film that came out earlier about a home invasion that no one saw coming. Uh-oh, alien stuff. Uh, this stars Caitlin Deaver as a character. Her name is Bryn. She does not talk in this entire movie. She has three lines of dialogue because it's all about a tense film about her and an alien. And it's a fun home invasion that has a little bit more bubbling under the surface the more you get into it. Uh, this is by Brian du Duffield, who, if you don't know who that is, he also directed Spontaneous, which came out in 2020, which is one of my favorite films from that year. And he has a very distinct style and flair that he brings to these films, very goofy. But it works, and it feels a bit more grounded. The alien designs looks really good. And it is a clear lower budget film, but it works very well. And I think it's a fun twist onto a home invasion style. And for a character so that's... it's like a horror? Uh, horror thriller-ish. I'd say it's more thriller. But it's more about discovering who this character is, why she's alone, why she has this... The uh, alien? No, Caitlin Deaver. Why she's alone. Oh, okay. So her whole acting in this film is... <sighs> the entire time but it's good and it's engaging and it's a lot of fun and like you get why they chose that direction the more the film goes on and i really liked it i think it's a really good film it's short it's like 90 minutes and uh it left a good impact on me i think this director is really special i really think he has a good shot at creating really good films for the public but uh he's just no you should make them private you know you, ooh, you subscribe some, to his some, patreon some only fans you want to see Brian Duffield's OnlyFans? Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I think you would like this one, too. It's a, it's a good film. I, nice little surprise that came out this year. Don't be turned off by the fact that she's not really saying things, but for keeping engaged for 90 minutes with no dialogue being spoken, Okay. pretty good, pretty clever. And then I watched uh, the big film that came out this year, this week, this year. Oh, my God, I'm not giving it that much credit. The Creation. This is the creator. Sorry. Not the creation. This horrible title. Also, the creator. That's a dumb title. 
Um, yeah, that's a dumb. That's a bad name for. It, I, I hate when people try to make these like new movies, but they name it something so stupid. Like, what the hell is Star Wars? Like, name something <laughs> cool, bro. Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, okay, what's it about? Why don't you spell it out a little bit more? The Creator. Me. What's that about? God. Speaking of Star Wars, Gareth Edwards. This is his first film since he did Rogue One, a Star Wars film. That's a long time. That was a while ago. Was eight years. I like that movie. It's a good movie. I like that movie too. I hate you know what I hate though when I say I like that movie, but I don't like other Star Wars. Like, of course you say that. It's like, hey, Shut I, up, bro. Maybe that, it was just a good movie, and you like dumb stuff. It's got the coolest depiction of Darth Vader, and I will stand. Yeah, on that was hill. sick, bro. That I don't know how. How are you not a Star Wars fan? You're like, hey, that movie was okay. Like, shut the hell up. If you're a Star Wars fan, that should be one of your favorite Star Wars films. Nah, they're all like Empire Strikes Back. Okay, go rewatch Empire Strike. Only good part? <laughs> no good parts. <laughs> Okay. Well, Gareth. Pew, pew, pew. That's your like Iron a, Man a, noise. A, a camel, big camel guy walking falls down. A camel. ATTs. Isn't it like a Yeti? Oh, that thing. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about at first. Camels, ATTs. No, that's a that's a that's a cell phone. Sentence. AT AT ATTs. I don't know. Me and my brother used to play or Battlefront all the time together. I swear, like I know more about the universe of Star Wars than I do about the movies at this point because I just, I can't stand these freaking movies, man. AT-ATs. AT-ATs. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the creator. So this is an original film. It had a budget of $80 million, which is a lot for an original film. This is like one of the most expensive original films this year. And it shows. It feels like the film like milked every second of its dollars. And it looks tremendous. He's also paired with Greg Frazier in this film, who, if you don't know, he's about the Batman, which tremendous cinematography. So it makes sense. Makes sense. This is a good looking film. And Hans Zimmer. So you got a nice trifecta. Yeah, this is like, it seems it's going to be great. A little sci fi, a little fun here. We got a lot of good guys involved. I watched the trailer for this thing. It looked really boring. But what did you (laughs) think? Um, I echo a lot of those sentiments. It's a good looking film. Great performances. Great direction. Sounds good. Sounds great. It's a great sounding film. But that script is so mediocre, man. It is so frustratingly boring. And it is so much of what we've seen from so many other films. Blade Runner, Star Wars, it's getting so many comparisons. And I think it's lazy to do those comparisons and just consistently be comparing it to other things. Yeah, yeah, shut up about that. If you're trying to make something original, then you have to, everything's based on something. Right. Well, how is the studio going to give you the money? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about Wes Anderson in this episode. It's like, Wes Anderson clearly has a distinct style, but he also is clearly inspired by a lot of other things. Yeah. So you can see those in movies, but I think once people see space, they're like, okay, yeah, but where's clearly you're just trying to make a, the stormtroopers. It's like, shut up. Yeah. It just, I don't know. It, the story is just not really anything that I connected with. I do think that the girl in this film is really good. Her name is Madeline Voyez. Who says that? The That's kid, a little kid. The kid. Incredible. One of the best child performances I've seen. Okay, I like that. I th- she's better than John David Washington, which is oh. crazy. She's really good, and I enjoyed their- Why? What's he actually been great Here, Okay, here's the thing. Is John David Washington a good actor? I think he's just good looking. Aside from Black Klansman, I can't name a performance that he's really stood no. out in. Because he's doing the same thing he did in Tenet in this film. And it's fine, it's just it's hard to connect with as a protagonist. And they do set a a standard immediately of that this guy is not like a great human being, within like 
okay. the seconds. Like he's a soldier. He feels like a soldier. But the more you kind of whoa, un- what are you trying to say there? <laughs> that so there's literally a dog at one point that they're you have like they have a holding a gun up to a dog and he's just like trying to get information out of this like kid and his mom and he could easily just been like yo dude stop don't kill that dog. And like, you know, like how every protagonist does in like films instead, he just like kind of just lets it happen and then figures it out on his own, but didn't stop him. So like he easily could start the show and he's just like, he doesn't really care. He has no remorse. He's about that boot licking. What? <laughs> he's a boot licker. What does that mean? Suck up to the man, brother. Oh. Lick that, his boots. Is that a thing? Licking the, licking the government's boots. Sure. Yeah. So. And then his story is just kind of the more it unfolds, you, the more you understand why he begins to like the the girl and their relationship. And you find out more about his relationship with Gemma Chan's character. And it's fine. It's just it's nothing special. It could have been pushed so much better to be one of those more memorable original sci-fis that you see that could have been more like a Blade Runner or could have been more like that. Like just really something that was impactful and stuck with me and a lot of that comes down to pacing too the second half is so boring i'm just like oh come on finish up already the third act i really liked i did think it was a good good but and just ultimately it's fine it's a fine watchable film it looks great i watched this in my newly renovated theater at landmark they put reclinable chairs in every single one of them hurt my back i don't know why they did I that i love the reclinable chairs oh my Especially god at a landmark Oof. my back was hurting so nice. I don't know if it was just me, but I was just like, I had to sit up at one point. Uh, like, there, there's one in London where like it's all recliners, but it's like maybe 15 seats. So chill. Yeah, it's weird. They, they've, there's not as many in there now. It's like, yeah. I think 30 per theater, which is kind of sad because it's like, where how, how much money are you really making now? Because they didn't upcharge at all. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, it's fine. It, it's perfectly watchable. It didn't really leave too much of an impact on me. The ending is pretty cliched but it is what it is it's just i w- i wanted it to be something more special and i wanted it to be that next step and it just doesn't feel like it ever got there why why do you want it to be like an interesting because i feel like we don't get too many original ideas original yeah. sci-fi films i feel like sci-fi is a hard genre to really defy and make a name for yourself and unless you are a property it's hard to make an original sci-fi film and like, this tries. Like, yeah, but I think it's more of it's hard to make an original franchise sure. like that where, like, you can get, like, a pretty decent sci-fi sort of exploration movie. But, like, I think you're right. With a project that big and having all of those in, you're you're looking for franchise tag and you want to be as invested as you are yeah. as, like, some people are in Star Wars or something like that. Yeah, and this clearly didn't resonate with audiences that well. It's been getting mixed reviews that did not do well at the box office. It got, like, $32 million this weekend, which it's going to head towards a bomb. But... I, I don't know. Like I I guess I would recommend it on like a Tuesday and say, Hey, you can go yeah. watch it, it'll be fine. It's a little too long, but it looks great. And that was one of the main takeaways is that this guy can really direct a film. You saw it with Godzilla, you saw it with Rogue One. He's got a perfect eye for that type of stuff. But it's fine. Is what it is. Interesting. Not a great week for me watching movies. I feel like I burned myself out, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Feels like I burnt myself out a little bit. You wanna know what else is coming out this week? Let's do it. Let's start with movies first because there's a couple ones. Uh, Foe is getting a limited release. This is from the director of Lion, an Academy Award winner. This stars Saoirse Ronan. With Dev Patel. And Paul Mescal. Yes, with Dev Patel. Look at that. Rounds around. With uh, Paul Mescal and Saoirse Ronan. And this was seemingly 
setting itself up to be an awards contender. Not from what I've seen with the reviews. It is not getting good reviews, which is a little bit of a shame, and I'm certain they were not expecting that. But that one comes out in limited, so it might be around there if you're wanting to look for an awards contender. As for big releases, The Exorcist Believer. This is exactly what it sounds like. An Exorcist sequel. Yeah. Because it is a sequel. We're going to watch this for Spooky To the first one. Yeah, we do have to watch this one. We'll get you back on, Anthony. And uh, (laughs) maybe Hannah. Hannah, if you want to come back on for Exorcist. We'll talk a little Exorcist. I got a a good story with The Exorcist too, but... I'll save oh. that one for there, uh, for the next one. But uh, this is David. Dude, Gordon. I knew it. I knew you were the kid from that video. You're the kid who got exercised. Oh, why'd you spoil it? It's supposed to be a surprise for everyone. Uh, Ellen Burstyn's coming back, so she's reprising her role. David Gordon Green, he is the one who did the Halloween sequel trilogy. So he has departed that one and now is going to The Exorcist. So I don't know. The trailer looked okay. I don't think I have too, too many high expectations for this film, but... It's been a while. The Exorcist has put out some good movies, mainly just two of them, <laughs> with um, the first and the third. I've not seen the third, but I've heard it's uh, it's pretty good. And then Pet Cemeteries, Bloodlines. I don't know who asked for this. It's coming out on Paramount Plus. If you want to watch some more Pet Cemeteries, might as well. Yeah, go for it. As for TV, that's coming out this week. Loki season two comes out onto Disney Plus on Thursday. This is what many believe is one of the best Disney Plus shows in the Marvel franchise. And Marvel, with them spinning their wheels in Disney Plus recently with the so-so... You can't okay, you can't make that face when you told me you watched Iron Man 2. I watched Iron Man 2, like, at midnight Doesn't on matter. cable. Doesn't matter. This is the best Disney Plus show. It has Jonathan Majors Loki? in it. Loki? Yes, it has Jonathan Majors in it. He did not cut him out, so we'll see how that works. He 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 cuts people up from fights, though. He stops people from fighting on the street, so he's he's a good guy now, apparently. He stops people from fighting. <laughs> no, sorry, his publicist starts a fight, and then he breaks up the fight. Oh, yeah. which is funny, because in the real world, he started something that his publicist had to really fix. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Sorry, allegedly. <laughs> Throw allegedly in there. It's a safe word. Chucky season three. It's got a third season. Chucky's in the White House. What? <laughs> yeah, he's Let's the, go, he's, Chucky. He is in the White House now. So if you want to go watch that, and then this one's for you. Sullivan's Crossing, coming back. Let's go. I, know I loved season one. Huge fan of Sullivan's Shout Crossing. Shout out uh, Peter Sardi, who was in that uh, show. Sure. Funny to see you uh, being one of the guys, one of the bad guys in that show. Sure. Lupin, part three. Coming out on Netflix. A lot of people like that show. Our Flag Means Death Season 2 coming out on Max. That's the Taika Waititi Blackbeard rom-com TV show. Rom-com. That a lot of people like. It apparently has leaned way more into the rom-com aspect this season. I watched the first two episodes. Didn't like it? Uh, You know, there's just other stuff that I cared more to watch. Maybe I'll eventually watch it like on a plane or something, but I'm not motivated to give that a shout and that seems like it is basically it for this week. There is The Price is Right at Night. Ooh, The Price is Right for all those late night moms. Why is it at night? Why is it specifically? Because Price is Right is on in the daytime. Okay. Are they just doing the same show but like after dark version? Probably. It's probably for like people who are working and want to watch The Price is Right at night. That's cool. That seems like they had needed something during the strike. Uh. We never actually mentioned this on the podcast. The writing strike is over. Yay. 
they got what they wanted. It. I looked at the deal. I'm not going to read it on air because it's so long, but looks pretty good. A lot of repercussions with AI, a lot of holding back on it and not needing to credits and all that stuff. Good stuff. It's We, we love it. We love to see that. And the acting strike is uh, looking towards it coming to an end. Yes, sir. So it looks like both will be done and we can move on with rightful pay for all these yes. people. Uh, now that the writer's strike is back uh, or is, is off, um, I will be going back to my Jeopardy blind guesses on X. So feel free to follow that if oh, you guys yeah, are Jeopardy fans. I was wondering where those were gone. And now that the writer's strike is over, I can tease this. We have potentially a big guest in the industry planned out to be coming on this pod in the near future so be on the lookout for that it'll be really exciting if we do get him on here because he's a big name in the writing industry so i'm excited to see that but i think that wraps up cinemates for this week what do you think yeah if you guys want to stay up to uh date with everything we're doing feel free to follow our exes mike jose collins jake underscore schultz six uh you can find this podcast also uh on your local spotify's your local spotify itunes all those things follow subscribe rate share please share these with your friends if you guys have any ideas feel free to hit us up follow us uh send yeah, us if you a have message any spooky ideas let us know any movie recommendations or if you want to be on the show feel free to hit us up and we will try to get you on make something happen we'll do something uh, for all of us uh, here as in me and Jake. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.